The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome everyone to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yow, joined as always by Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this Thursday morning as we prepare for nine Blue Cross Bowl championships. We've got a lot to talk about as far as that is concerned throughout the rest of the show. We've got a couple of other things to get to before that, including good mornings to everyone and hello. How was uh how was it getting prepared for uh for this trip? I know we got we got a couple of days on the road and it was it you know packing for the weather that we're gonna get is uh, not easy. It's nearly impossible. I'm not a big fan of of cold and wet. Just so you know, just gonna give you that. Yeah, I, it, I just I don't want it to be wet at any time. Typically, when you pack for weather like this, uh, it makes the bag bigger. That's correct. You know, you have less space than you probably initially thought you might. Also, kind of make you depressed for the trip. Yeah, although I am excited. I am excited, I, and. Um, the weather's not going to deter our enthusiasm. One one iota. <sighs> it's, we're going uh, to be dry. It's all that matters. We will be dry. Yeah. We will. We will make sure that that's that's true. But we're dry, we can do anything. That's right. But as we travel to, it's your pregame coat pep talk right there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, much needed. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we travel to Cookville for the Blue Cross Bowl, several of our Local teams will be in action you know, on the hardwood and on the mats. And on the which, lanes. Oh, and on the lanes. That's right. We got some we got some bowling today. Mm-hmm. But two of those teams will not be in action. San, uh, Santa Fe's girls and Spring Hills girls uh, are officially out for the next two weeks. Um, despite the CDC saying, hey, you only got to be quarantined for 10 days now. So I wonder if that might change some things here. Well, I guess we'll see. But um, the news coming out of the Murray County Public School Central Office is that both Spring Hill and Santa Fe have been paused. Santa Fe until December 14th, Spring Hill until December 15th. Um, The girls, the guys will continue um, their schedules to some degree. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Spring Hill... Boys, well, Spring Hill was scheduled to play f- tomorrow against Summit. That game has been rescheduled for the obvious reasons. Why? Yeah, go figure. <laughs> but um, they were going to play a district game on the. That, who scheduled a district game on the day of the state championship? Come on, man. Well, I mean, it'd be a little presumptuous. How are you going to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, you know, we're not going to play that weekend because we may be busy"? Well, you don't schedule a district game though. 
look at that district though. You don't have it's a whole a, Yeah, you gotta schedule every game. You <laughs> don't have a whole lot of options in that particular district. But there's like um, forty five teams. At least it, so. at least forty five, maybe more. <laughs> um Spring Hill girls will miss games next week against Brentwood, Giles County, and Ravenwood. Um Per district bylaws, according to Spring Hill AD John Farmer, the boys' games against Brentwood and Ravenwood will be played, and the girls' games will be rescheduled to be played at a later date. Um, They're not sure what they're going to do about the Giles County non-district boys' game at this point. That's interesting. Yeah. Because we were talking about well, it was the Dixon County mm-hmm. Spring Hill uh, game the other night. They didn't play it. And I don't know how that went down because as we've got John Farmer quoted in our story on this on sm-tnsports.com, he says, we were supposed to play Dixon County on Tuesday. We'd planned to go ahead with the boys game, but Dixon County didn't want to bring a bus for their boys and bring one later for their girls. Okay, with but, our other district, with our other knock. district games per district bylaws, we are playing the boys' games and the girls' games will have to be played later. Dixon County is in the district, so are, the, the rules don't apply to Dixon County. Apparently, well, I, <laughs> that's that's interesting. Anyway, it, it is now that you mention it. I, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that at the time. I guess because I was so tired. Anyway, um, Santa Fe girls are quarantined because coach Jonathan Slaughter has tested positive for COVID-19. Said he was feeling sick Sunday, got a test Monday, got the results back Wednesday and is under quarantine for 10 days. I was (laughs) close to him uh, at Grace Christian, but we were both wearing masks. Well, that was when though? Tuesday? That was Tuesday. Yeah. That yeah. was well before that. Yeah, well before that. But again, it can it takes some time to incubate apparently. But well, nonetheless we were both wearing masks and I was fairly decently far away. So okay. I feel I I think I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Knock on all the wood, guys. Um Santa Fe was supposed to have played Tuesday against East Hickman, but um East Hickman was unavailable for inclement weather. School, oh, because yeah, because yeah, yeah. I forgot that it snowed this week. Go figure, huh? <laughs> so, um, neither the boys nor the girls obviously will play Friday at Cornersville. The boys are expected to play their two games next week at McEwen on December eighth and at Collinwood on December eleventh. Uh, Santa Fe girls can resume practice on December fourteenth. And they have a December 15 doubleheader double scheduled against visiting Joe Burns. Not sure if that's going to come off at this point or not. So that's where we're at for now with that. Though everyone may not be playing after tomorrow or Saturday. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some other games mm-hmm. to be played tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Yeah. Um, so maybe pretty excited can... about some of these matchups actually tonight columbia central <laughs> traded up maybe i don't know they were supposed to go to harpeth tonight 
Harpeth has got some COVID issues. So instead, they're going to Ensworth for a doubleheader. Uh, again, Providence Christian will travel to Columbia Academy tonight for a Division 2A District 3 matchup. A relatively full slate of games tomorrow with CA going to Webb Bellbuckle in district play. Hollow Rock Brewston travels to Hampshire. Page goes to Independence in an 11 AAA matchup. Uh, Richland goes to Wayne County. Santa Fe does not go to Cornersville. But no, they don't. Shelbyville goes to Summertown. And then on Saturday in a boys only matchup, Mount Pleasant goes to Summertown. Interested to see that. Yeah. How that plays that, out. Because that's going to be a really good basketball it game. It will be. It will be. You know, with Kentry Frierson coming off a big performance the Athletes other night. Everywhere. And, and the Burleson boys down at Summertown. Um, it'll be a fun matchup. On the mats. Today, Ravenwood will be at Independence, or is scheduled to be at Independence at 5.30. Spring Hill goes to Cascade for a tri-match with the champions. That's their nickname. And Watertown. Uh, Independence will be in a tournament in Huntsville Friday and Saturday. Spring Hill will be at the Brentwood Duels on Saturday. And Summit's sending teams both to a tournament at Centennial and a duels tournament up at Mount Juliet. Lots of folks on the uh, on the mats. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You know that that those Huntsville tournaments are usually really good. You know that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I do. But those those Huntsville tournaments are big time wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think some people would be surprised at the quality of wrestling that there is in Alabama. There's some really good programs down there, and and most of them tend to make their way typically to Huntsville for this tournament. So that I think that's what makes it attractive for teams in this area to go and wrestle against people that you're not going to see, you know, when it counts. Uh, you're just trying to get better, especially this time of year. Um, bowling, the um, Division Two Boys Bowling Middle Region Tournament, actually began yesterday with play-ins, bowl-ins, um, however you would refer to it. Roll-ins. There we go. <laughs> but the um, the quarterfinals are today at Hermitage Strike and Spare at 3.30 and Columbia Academy, the ninth seed, was scheduled to bowl yesterday against Franklin Road Academy as the number eight seed, but FRA apparently has some COVID issues certainly with their bowling team, so they did not bowl. So nine-seed Columbia Academy will bowl against regular season champion Pope John Paul II at Hermitage Strike and Spare. Um, the Bulldogs will be led by Austin Kimes, the Martin Methodist signee. Um, semifinals and finals will be held tomorrow afternoon at Hermitage Strike and Spare. Uh, your other quarterfinal matches will be Clarksville Academy versus the Father Ryan Nashville Christian winner. Friendship Christian versus the MBA DCA winner and Good Pasture against the Lipscomb Academy Ensworth winner. All of that will be at 3.30 today at Hermitage Strike and Spare. Semifinals will be tomorrow at 1.30. Championship at 3.30. And apparently your two... Semifinal losers will bowl at 3.30 as well, so I guess the top three teams advance to the state. 
That is what it sounds like. Yeah. Otherwise. Because they are bowling for third place. <laughs> Otherwise, why would you? So we'll, um, we'll be keeping an eye on that and other sports as they occur over the weekend in addition to the Blue Cross Bowl up in Cookville. You can find all of that information on sm-tnsports.com. It is there for your perusal. Your free perusal. Absolutely free. Free. Costs you nothing. F-R-E-E. That being said, soon there may be some exclusive subscriber opportunities. Some premium content. Premium content. MVP content. Do you want to be an MVP? You should. There you go. Everybody should. That's right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here. After we come back, we're going to talk more in depth about the Class 6A Blue Cross Bowl, which includes the Brentwood Bruins and the Oakland Pats, the Patriots. We'll hear from both of their coaches, uh, Kevin Creasy and Ron Crawford, respectively, about their preparation for the state's highest classifications championship. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned on the other side of this. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo, Patton, J.P. Plant here with you. And the Blue Cross Bowl championships slated to start in about an hour and 36 minutes. Roughly. Ish. <laughs> Probably kick off about 11.35. Or, no, 11.05, I'm sorry. Five minutes after the top of the hour because they'll have to do the national anthem and the everything else that goes with the pageantry of the Blue Cross Bowl. Be exciting. If you've never been and you can get a ticket, get one. It's a lot of fun. Um, watching the, the top high school players in the state is always a blast. Certainly. I mean, anytime you get to see people perform at the top level, it's a good thing. And, you know, especially this year, in a year where we really weren't sure we were going to get to this point. And it sounds like hyperbole and that kind of thing, but... Uh, I I think it's pretty accurate, and I think most of these coaches that we've spoken with, you know, over the course over the course of the postseason and during the 
media availabilities that we had earlier this week, there there is that sense that, I mean, man, we didn't know if we were going to get here or not. Yes, and Class 6A being the highest level of TWSAA action, last night in Alabama there was a uh, at the highest level of their mm. play, a Class 7A, Talk about offense, defense, special teams. A uh, special teams was was the winner there. You know, that that's the crazy. first thing I thought about when I saw that too. You know, offense, defense, special, special teams. teams. Uh, special it's, teams is going to be a big is going to be a big factor in this one. I have a feeling because it matters. You know, and here's another thing, and it, this kind of correlates with with last night. Um, Alabama's class seven A. They're the they're like. The Division Two here, they have a week off, mm-hmm. so they play on Wednesday to avoid playing on Saturday. So they play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday their games instead mm-hmm. of Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, because this used to be the SEC championship weekend. So they never wanted to play because in Alabama, going up against the SEC is probably not a good not idea. A good idea. <laughs> um, yeah, but so you know, Thompson has been there before. They've been in that situation. Those players have played for a state championship. You know, that's that's where the Tagovailoa's were. So right, that is where Talia Tagovailoa played. Okay. Um. So, yes, but but those players have been there, and 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 understanding that, you know, the importance and and the the pressure of the big time situations. That's uh, you know, that's kind of what you you hope for <clears throat> when you are playing in these type games now that being said um you know two years ago the uh the oakland patriots were in the state championship game they won the state championship game and of course last year they played maryville which is essentially a state championship game (laughs) um but you know being in that big time situation makes a difference having that experience and it certainly will on on Saturday. It certainly will on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, um, this is Brentwood's first state championship game appearance since two thousand two, I believe. Um, clearly, none of these guys were, were on that team. They weren't <laughs> even alive. <laughs> but ninety eight percent of the players who are on that team were not alive. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a different experience and. I think we kind of saw this last year with Summit. Now, I'm, I think that Ron Crawford and his coaching staff are seasoned enough to try to make his kids as comfortable as possible. Brian Coleman has said that we may have made the game too big, that kind of thing, and they'll know better this time around. But um, still, you know, until you walk out there, and it'll be a pretty nice crowd, and you know, and you've got the big electric scoreboard and and everything else that's going on, and it's a state championship game, and and it's pretty much a state championship game atmosphere, COVID aside. So, you know how your team is going to react to that? Who knows? But like you said, Oakland's been in this spot quite frequently over the last little bit, right? And and that I think is going to make a big difference. Now both. Coaches were part of a TWSAA press conference earlier this week. 
Uh, we do have their opening remarks, and uh, let's let's go to those real quick and kind of see what they had to say about the game. Yeah, man, it's been uh, it's not the uh, Oakland Maribel Alcoa Invitational. Uh, you know, we're not uh, we're not as familiar as going as those guys. It was 18 years ago, so a long time. Uh, we've been close a bunch of times, but that doesn't count. We understand that, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a a difficult year for everybody this season with COVID and and all the issues that each and every one of our programs have had uh, throughout. I think the TWS play showed a lot of great leadership and allowing us to have an opportunity to have a season. I don't think very many of us thought we'd be right here. I know that uh, at least Tom and Charles and I talked about, you know, if we could make it to September, we would be, uh, we would be happy. So I think that's the one thing is thank you for the leadership and giving us an opportunity, kids an opportunity to participate. Um, our team has had a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on with this fall, man. We've had, uh, uh, you know, some internal issues. We've had some uh, personal loss and, and, um, we've dealt with a lot of injuries to uh, key players. Uh, we've been hit by COVID and quarantined in, in many, many games. So I would say the biggest thing I'm proud of is, man, we've just done a great job of overcoming real adversity, not perceived adversity, but real adversity, uh, within our team. Um, and our kids have answered the bell and answered the challenge each and every time. And, and uh, we get great effort out of them. We're extremely undersized uh, uh, football team. It plays very, very hard, and, and um, our community is 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 very, very excited. Uh, uh, going to have a uh, you know going to line the streets here as we take off on Saturday. So um, it's been a long time, and uh, we got great administrative support, and they understand they want our team to be. Uh, um, as good as it can be each and every year. And, and I think for the most part we have been. And, and this bunch, I, um, I don't know if we've overachieved, but we've, we've accomplished a lot. And for us to, to be in this game is quite an honor and to play such an opponent as we, uh, play again will be, uh, the ultimate challenge for our squad. That was Brentwood coach Ron Crawford talking. You can tell by the raspy voice. Yeah. The, the unmistakable voice of Ron Crawford. And he sounds like that in August, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it's not because he's been yelling all year. He just always sounds like that. Sounds like um, I've been watching um, Chicago PD. Mm, Hank Voigt <laughs> sounds like Hank Voigt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was Brentwood coach Ron Crawford talking about his team and, and the the support of the the community and all of the adversity they've had to go through, which is quite a bit, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But first, let's go to Kevin Creasy's opening from that press conference. Just to be able to still be playing is huge. We're really happy uh, looking at what uh, the future looked like from uh, April and May, early parts of June. You know, uh, Coach Crawford, myself, we were uh, always kind of on some conference calls or talking to each other about, how lucky we'd be if we even had a season. And then um, later on in the season, we both had a cancellation and agreed to play each other just because we didn't know if it was uh, going to last a few more weeks or a few more days or uh, what was going to happen. And, and so that's how we even got to play each other is uh, we were trying to do what was right by the kids, just give them as many opportunities to play as possible, give our seniors a lot of opportunities uh, because, you know, nothing was guaranteed at that time. And, uh, like he said, a lot of credit's got to be given to uh, Tito's AA and their leadership to uh, make this thing possible. And, uh, you know, there's no perfect scenario, but I think 
uh, considering all the cards that were dealt to everyone, uh, we've done about as well as we can do getting to uh, this point in the season and uh, real proud of our guys overcoming a lot of obstacles. Like Coach said, uh, there's been a lot of a lot of things that uh, we've faced this season that, that were unique and, and uh, uh, we've never really had to deal with before. It's uh, definitely been a little stressful, but at the same time, it's real rewarding to, to see our guys overcome all these obstacles to, to make it to uh, a Saturday championship game. Yeah, you know, obstacles – that we talk about, obviously everybody's had to deal with these obstacles and, and, and getting through them and getting past them is really the, that's the accomplishment of these young men and these programs to, to find their way through uh, all of the issues that everybody's had to deal with this year to get to this point. And I'm, I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad we're going to get to play the games. Um, What, you know, when you think about the, the adversity that every team has faced this year, every single team has had to face something um, with the exception of Fayetteville who played 14 games. Um, What, you know, how does that change the blue cross bowl? You know, you and I were talking about somebody saying, do we put asterisks on this year? Mm -hmm. Does it change anything? I think it changes your perception. I think you have to really appreciate I think the participants have to appreciate the opportunity. I think those watching have to appreciate all that has gone into making this happen. You know, um, you talk about the adversity. These coaches, you know, being flexible. You know, Creasy and Crawford calling each other on a Wednesday to play on a Friday. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because <laughs> if you've spent any time at all around athletics, you know that football coaches are creatures of habit. You, we talked to Engel Martin from Christ Presbyterian Academy yesterday. He said he had in April his schedule for every day up through this weekend. One, do you know how much time that took? Two, do you know what a waste of time that was? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, these guys are structured. I mean, they're all A personalities. They're all structured. They don't like change. And they've had to do all of that this year. And most of them have done it without missing a beat. And that's, I think, that's a, I, and well I think there, yeah, I think there's a level of admiration that you have to show those guys for being if not willing at least being cognizant that they were going to have to to do some things they were going to have to get out of some comfort zones and that kind of thing to make this a successful venture for their kids i'm glad they were able to yeah and i'm glad we're getting to see this game although i would much rather see independence in oakland <laughs> It's okay. One 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 Lampert's throwed roll. Throwed roll. <laughs> one throwed roll away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a anyway. As much as I would love to see independence, I'm glad we're getting to see this game because it these are the two teams who have been at the top of the heap all season long. And of course that thirty five or thirty seven nothing win and you know, it, earlier this year again they started playing on 
what 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 we say Wednesday about I, one o'clock they come up with that. I game? think so. I think they got one practice and one walk in, walk through, and then they teed it up. So I mean, there's that. Now, um, you know, in defense of the team that scored 37 points in that game, they found out on short notice as well. Yeah, but there's a difference. There's a difference in trying to prepare for the wing tee. There's a big difference. As opposed to just going out and doing what you do. Right. Yeah. So, did the extra time help Ron Crawford? Let's see what he had to say about it. I think what makes them good is, yeah, the wing tee is different. There's no doubt about it. And, and uh, I'm proud of Coach Creasy for, for sticking to his roots and, and doing what he knows best and making it difficult on all of us. And you say, you know, you went, I went years without even seeing it. So, um, and theirs is unique and they do a great job of getting the ball. They're playmakers. Um, um, and just their size difference for us, uh, um, and them, um, of course that's every week for us, but, uh, uh, that's unique. I certainly hope the extra days help. Uh, we're certainly going to take them and work on it each and every, uh, uh, day, but, I think we realized I made a huge error in the game and trying to put together uh, a package for this and a package for less. Um, I mean, Wednesday, I just drew up some wing tee plays because I didn't know what they were and went out and practiced and then watched it and went, wow, man, there are a lot more than wing tees. So I don't think uh, Coach Creasy and his staff get enough credit for th- this is a offense that's morphed over the time that Kevin's been there. And, you know, they're – they're three by one. They're two by two. They're wing T. Uh, they do a lot of good threat things, uh, that are very challenging from a standpoint of, uh, how you scheme it up. So, you know, we are what we are at this point. We're not going to change anything. Uh, we're going to try to play our defense versus, uh, what they do and, and, um, you know, try to do a better job of just, uh, executing our defense and, and, um, trying to keep our little guys down there as low as we can and, and hopefully we can create some piles and rally a lot of helmets to the ball. And, and um, man, those two backs are <laughs> good football players, man. I think uh, tight end uh, uh, certainly don't get enough credit because he, you know, he does a lot of the dirty work. Four and 32 for them, I think, are good football players. And so um, certainly they've, uh, I mean, I think they've won the closest opponent, 16 points. I, I think I'm right. Um, so, um, you know, um, good, good offensive football team, well coached on both sides. No question there. Yeah, and and I think um, Coach Crawford made a great point. You know, when 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 Kevin Creasy took that job coming from Trousdale County, Class One A Trousdale County, where he had had a lot of success, I think won a couple of state championships over there. You know, the, the the question was, was he going to bring the wing tee with him? And, and anybody that knew his background as an assistant coach under Bobby Sharp over at Lewis County, as a player for Bobby Sharp over at Lewis County, you knew he was bringing the wing tee with him. And for a time, you know, there was a lot of resentment because people view the wing tee as kind of an equalizer. You know, it's that offense that you run when you don't have athletes. Well, Creasy's running it with athletes, and as Chris has said, it's it's nearly illegal. It ought to be. Ought to be a law against it, because uh, truly the wing tee is the most difficult offense to prepare for, because there are so many. 
it's it's like preparing for a the Princeton offense mm-hmm. in basketball. Well, that's, there's just so much misdirection for one thing, and and you can't always trust your eyes. Well, the misdirection comes because of the options. Every play is the option, okay? Because at any time, a player can give or keep on those buck sweeps or if if somehow you know you tip your hand and they know it's going one way somebody's out of place somebody's out of place next thing you know that kid just keeps it and takes off especially if you know when you have athletes like Mm -hmm. oakland has it is there are so many variations and wrinkles you can't prepare for everything the wing tee offers it's not possible well and the thing is it to defend it goes against everything you are taught for 15 weeks. I mean, you're, you're taught to go out and be aggressive, see the ball, go get the ball, you know, and you can't do that because where you're going may not be where the ball is. And the hard part is you don't want your defensive tackles to get too much penetration, but they can't just stand there either. <laughs> it's like I don't really know. As yeah. a defensive tackle – you know, defensive ends, it's kind of what it is. You know, you, you fight off the tackle, you stand there two yards deep, and you make them turn it inside, mm-hmm. right, and hope your linebackers can get there. But your defensive tackles have to make the decision, you know, how deep do I get? Mm-hmm. It's so hard to defend when you have a team like Oakland who has the, the athletes they have. And they run it well. And they run it well correctly, which is, again, when you practice right, you play right. And when you are taught the the way to run it correctly and then you do it, and then on top of that, you add in the fact that they can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They don't just run it. They can throw it well, around. Like like like, Cole, like Crawford said, you know, they, it's they, go, they go two by two, they go three by one, you know, they, they, can, they can sling it around or they can turn and give it to Antonio Patterson or, or Jordan James. And then let which you, aren't bad options. And then let you figure out which way they're going to go. <laughs> right. It's it, it it's almost impossible. It really is. But uh, so I'll be looking forward to it as that game prepares or will be played on that'll Saturday be the, at seven. That'll be the nightcap. That'll be the final game of the Blue Cross Bowl. It's supposed to start raining at three a.m. tomorrow morning and stop at midnight tomorrow night. So. Thursday will be a beautiful day. Yep. Saturday will be a beautiful day. Su- Friday, going to rain summer. all day. There you go. <laughs> so that should be interesting. Um, let's uh, let, let's go down the list of the Blue Cross Bowl when we come back. We'll, we'll give our initial reactions and our thoughts on, on each uh, of the nine games that will be played. Again, we're about an hour and 20 minutes or so away from kickoff of the Blue Cross Bowl. It will be Lipscomb Academy and CPA in that first game at 11 on my TV 30. And you can just go to uh, com slash football and find stats, uh, video, audio, everything. One one nice, neat package. It is. It's perfect. One stop. One stop shop there on com. When go. we come back, we'll talk about all nine games of the Blue Cross Bowl on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. 
Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. The playoffs live on TriStar Sports Radio. He's got some open field. Brandon McKean, 50, 40, 30, Keep going, baby. 20. No one is going to catch him. Pierce has got a lane, 40, 35, cuts back yes. in. Come on, baby. And it's a touchdown from Destin Wade to Brady Pierce. The road to Cookville ends Friday night. Summit, Oak Ridge, on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's uh, Thursday of the Blue Cross Bowl, and we've got three games today. We're going to talk about those and more. As we talked yesterday with CPA head coach Engel Martin, his team is taking on Trent Dilfer-led Lipscomb Academy, the Mustangs, who put out maybe the coolest hype video in the history of high school sports this morning. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, it's not every day that um, that that Tom Brady narrates your high school football team's hype video for the state title. Yeah, it's, you know, it's good to know people. It's all about who you know. And I know Crackle. It was pretty impressive. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge Brady fan, but again, the fact that he would do something like that, yeah, is for a bunch cool. of high school kids, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So um, I will say this: Tom Brady, decent guy, really funny on Twitter because he takes he he takes the social media with a grain of salt, right? So he just kind of. He is on Twitter what Gronk is on the field, I think. <laughs> and it's just really funny. But dude doing that for for some high school kids, you know, obviously he did it because Trent Dilfer and whatnot, but really cool. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, go to Lipsing Academy Football uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. And holy cow, it's incredible. Seriously incredible. Um, that being said, hype videos don't win championships. This will be probably the best game of the day, I think. I think this will be the most competitive game of the day. And I'm really excited about it. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you, do you think that this is I – mean, you're talking about a team, Lipscomb Academy won 2014. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a one-score game the first time around. Second time's got to be – pretty close right you would think you would think it'd be pretty close and and i'm gonna drop back on that old coaching cliche it's tough to beat a good team twice that's right Uh, i am 
I think CPA figures out a way to get it done in Cookville, which is a place that they've been, again, quite often here over Engel Martin's coaching career. Um, first trip for Lipscomb in, so, in some time. First trip under Trent Dilfer in his second season. And, you know, that program has come a long way in a short period of time. I'm not sure that that next step takes place today. I like the lines here. I agree with you, and I think it's a lot to do with the experience factor. You know, these kids were they they were there last year. They know what it means to lose, even though they went. What were they like? Three and seven. They they did not have a very good regular season. They caught fire late, and. It's not the first time that has happened with an Engel Martin CPA team. It's one of those deals where it's kind of like Tom Glavin. If you're going to get him, you better get him early, yep. that kind of thing. Um, you know, these guys are some of the same guys that played in that game last year. And um, they took some lumps early on, got on a run, and uh, I think they're ready to to get it done today. They are 10-1 and one on the year. And they're only lost to Lipscomb Academy. Lipscomb Academy on an 11-game win streak. So, obviously, two best teams certainly playing for the state championship today in the Class 2A Division II championship game. Again, that one is at 11 o'clock. Really excited about it. Moving on to today's 3 o'clock game as uh, University School of Jackson and Davidson Academy to, again, middle region opponents. They uh, they will take on each other one more time, and this is not unusual. Yeah, <laughs> you, you see, you tend to see a lot of rematches in Division two just because there are so few schools. But... Um, I believe these two played in the state finals a year ago. Correct. Davidson Academy winning it to um, claim their second state championship in as many years. And I think they claimed their third one today. Yeah, I can't imagine, um, you know, again, Jonathan Quinn has his team ready to go. Um, Griffin they- Sweeney is going to be a name to know in this ball game. Really hard running, running back for them showed up quite prominently in Davidson's 36 nothing win over at Columbia Academy back in week four, three, early in the year. Four, I believe it was. The first time they played? The first time they played Columbia Academy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I think that was week four. Yeah. You know, like we talked about in that last, the last game, this is a rematch, and the first time around wasn't as close as the other one. Um, I don't think this one's going to be very close either. Davidson Academy, Bears. The Bears. Bears big. And in the nightcap, Macaulay, Memphis University School. Memphis University School had a little had a cool little uh, spot this morning on Twitter, too, where they uh, it looked like the NCAA football play and they it said press any any key to start and then they go into and they they change their uniform up to i guess what they're planning on wearing tonight so that was kind of neat um that being said you know mccauley and out of chattanooga 
has, you know, they've had a decent year, eight and three. Um, lost to Father Ryan, lost to a team out of Virginia, and then lost to Brentwood Academy by three points. So um, before beating Brentwood Academy last week, 28-18. So um, this is this is a team that you expect to to be in this this type of game. Yeah, and you know Brentwood Academy was undefeated and was number one in the state all year, and Macaulay knocks them off. Uh, in the semifinals a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I just, um, MUS is throwing up a lot of points. And they've not been in this position in a while. I, I, well, they were there two years ago two when years. they beat McCauley for the championship 10-7. to 7 Oh. In 2018. Okay. So this isn't. I mean, this is a game that this is interesting. They've got some. They've got some some players who both teams have some players who They're were on that team. Played in that game, yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. I like MUS. See, I like Macaulay, and you know me. In high school, I am the guy who says upsets don't happen often. Okay. They. I just don't feel like they do. And if mm-hmm. and when you're comparing scores against good teams like Christian Brothers. MUS lost to Christian Brothers, 28-7. to Macaulay drilled him in the first round of the playoffs, 42-28. I think that MUS, Maca- I mean, um, MUS Christian Brothers, that's one of those throw-the-record-books-out-the-window type rivalries. I'm not sure exactly how much you can take out of that, just for what that's worth. Maybe so. Um, I, you know... <laughs> You're right, because MUS beat Father Ryan, and Father Ryan beat, beat Macaulay. <laughs> so hey, I, I, I don't know. I've got Macaulay in this one, but I think it's going to be a, a, this is. So here's the thing: Memphis University School leads the series six to five. <laughs> <laughs> so I expect that's going to be uh, the way it goes. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a a tight game, both either way. In, indicative of their series, either way history. it goes. That's yep. right. Yeah. So I've got Macaulay. You've got MUS. That'll be fun. All right. That is the end of the first hour here of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we come back, we will we have some news to talk about um, and much more. If you want to get in on the show, 931-381-1017-931-381-1017. Haven't given it out in a minute. <laughs> I almost missed it. Yeah. Uh, you can get in on the show. You can give us a call or you can shoot us a text. Again, that's 931 381 1017. We'd love to hear from you. We'll talk. If you want to shoot us a text, include your name. Yes. Please. And uh, we will talk about plenty of college sports, maybe some more high school stuff. Who knows? Uh, we'll get into it all on the other side of this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. 
I'm Chris Yow, joined as always with Maurice Patton. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, and we're coming to you live weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. with the most in-depth coverage of local high school sports and more. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. If you want to hear our thoughts regarding the Atlanta Braves, the Tennessee Titans, area colleges, and more, be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday, 9 to 11, weekdays, 1017 WKOM. You're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Five minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on this beautiful Thursday morning here in Columbia, Tennessee. Again, Looks can be deceiving, as it looks so beautiful outside, but it's cold. <laughs> Lisa, it ain't raining. Yet. Um, so, for the fourth consecutive day, <laughs> we're going to talk about Vanderbilt. And that is not really typical, but... Uh, Got to be some sort of record. <laughs> even for even for a show that has me involved in it, it's got to be some kind of record. That's that's got to be a record. <laughs> they don't even talk about Vanderbilt sports on Vandy sports um, for four days in a row. So, um, unfortunate news though on, uh, this morning, as we read Joe Fisher, the voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores for the fi- past twenty three years has resigned his position um and he he posted it uh, 2 hours ago on Twitter a three tweet thread which uh essentially said that he went on the air representing Vanderbilt at a time when he should not have it was unacceptable to him and to the university and he said he is checking himself into a rehab facility to address an issue that he struggled with for a long time. Uh, as a result, he will be off the grid and out of pocket for a while, and he has resigned his position at Vanderbilt Effective immediately. Uh, he said he had hoped for a different resolution, but that was not to be. And that's unfortunate because there probably could have been a different resolution. But what we know is on the weekly call-in show that Vanderbilt hosts with their coach. Uh, He apparently had slurred speech and asked different versions of the same question multiple times. And after about 40 minutes on the air, they pulled the show, which normally lasts an hour. Very unfortunate situation, obviously. Um, I've, I don't want to say dealt with, but I've, I've, worked in the same circles with Joe off and on um, over my career, and he's been nothing but a class act. Um, I mean, he's just one of the one of the great guys in the Nashville athletic community, and, you know, you hate to see something like this happen, and hopefully he takes care of what he needs to take care of, and is back in a prominent position doing what he does. You know, um, that would be my hope. I feel like it's possible that you could see a an interim 
and let him take care of whatever issues he needs to take care of and prove himself to be ready to come back. And once he does, um, being in being put into a situation where he could return to the airwaves for Vanderbilt, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think he really – I don't want to say he doesn't fit anywhere else, but I think he's the best fit for them. I mean, he has been their front porch, for lack of a better word, for you know 23 years, like you said. And as we were talking off air before the show – Joe is just one of those guys, man, that and and you run across them from time to time that if if you have a problem with Joe Fisher, that's probably on your end. It's not on his. Joe, he's just a good guy. He's helped a lot of people, does a lot of good things in this community, and hope to see that again. No question. Um, that's... I guess that's that's really all we can say about that. It's not really there's not much more to it, unfortunately. Um that was not the only drama on a coach's call in show this week in this state. And so to lighten up the mood a little <laughs> considerably. We are going to Let's play go to, you. Uh, yeah, we're gonna play you Philip from hey, yeah, Philip JP, from Wartburg. Yeah, yeah, JP's ready to roll. He was with ready Phillip for that from one. From Wartburg on Last night's vol calls. calls, which could have been heard. Some of you may have heard this, actually, because it would have been on our sister station, WKRM 103.7, last night. But um, Philip from Wartburg calling in with a question for Coach Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, levity is a beautiful thing. Here you go, guys. Let's go to uh, Philip, who joins us from Wartburg, Tennessee. Philip, you're on with Coach Pruitt. Hey, Coach. I, I got a quick question for you. Yes, sir, Philip. A lot of a uh, lot of us fans want to know when you going to admit you're not a ball coach and go back to Alabama. <laughs> well, Philip, um, I don't I don't know. You got to know I'm pretty hard headed, right? So, uh, and there's and you know I I do feel like that um, there's probably things that we all can improve on. Uh, I feel your frustration. Fans included. I'm, I'm with you. I'm frustrated too. Uh, but we're working hard, right? and uh, we're going to continue to work hard to, to put a product out there that you'll be proud of. How about that? How about that? Okay. I, I tell you what, um, we we can all do some things better. One of, That probably includes whoever their screener is for that show. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they could do things better. There's nothing you can do. I mean, if that's the question you're going to ask, you're not going to, to to tell anyone that until you get on the air. The fact that Philip from Wartburg, who who now may be um, heralded as a hero across Vol Nation for for many, um, in certain pockets for sure. I, you you know? know, it's it's a struggle. It really is. But man, did you hear somebody laugh? Before Jeremy started responding, there was a there was a chuckle in there. It was faint. I think it may have been Coach Pruitt. I think it was. You think? I, I tell you what, I'll give him credit. He handled that. That's what I was going to say about as well as you could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish you could have heard Kessling's response following that. You know, Ke- I, Kessling's got a nice sense of humor. 
uh, from time to time. So that would have been interesting. Oof. That was good. Stinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philip from Wartburg off the top rope. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> no chance that was uh, code for another Philip that um, mm. may be up on Rocky Top. Just disguise his voice a little bit. Speaking uh, of. Uh, disguise his voice a lot. Have, have you heard that, Philip? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, he preached patience with uh, with Jeremy Pruitt. We're only three years into the Jeremy Pruitt era, but, you know, it only took me about this long to realize that Butch Jones wasn't the guy. Mm. And the moment that I realized it was when Josh Dobbs came in to replace Justin Worley in the Alabama game uh, and played fairly well in the second half. Um, and then the next week he trotted, trotted Justin Worley back out on the field. That was the moment I was done with, uh, with, with Butch Jones. If Jarrett Garantano trots onto the field this Saturday against Florida, I'm done. He's, he's done. Period. Think I recall being done with Butch Jones. I think it was the Oklahoma game up there where they had some red zone issues mm-hmm. that could have been addressed way differently and more successfully. I I don't remember the specifics of it because I think I was so angry. Yeah. No the Oklahoma game at Tennessee was upsetting too. We should have won the game. Yeah. And again, it was red zone issues in that one too. But when it's painfully obvious that your quarterback isn't capable. Well, and it's painfully obvious to everybody. Except him. You. <laughs> yeah. uh, I truly believe Jarrett Garantano believes it. And that's why he plays so poorly. Hmm. Because he doesn't have confidence in himself. Well, it would make sense. <laughs> right. And once your quarterback loses confidence in himself, it's time to move on mm-hmm. to a guy who has some confidence. Who you have some confidence in. I don't, they don't have confidence in That's him. what I'm saying. That's the problem. Yeah. How do you not have confidence in the guy? Oh. If, if you didn't have confidence, why did you recruit him? He's... I mean that's that's the most galling situation of this coaching situation, I guess. I'm sure there are others. I'm still trying to figure out what Jimmy Brumball did to get fired. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. When you look at some of the other guys who are still employed. Uh, yeah, the, everyone over there needs to be fired at this point. I mean nobody's well, you doing got a twenty million dollars? Because <laughs> I think that's what it's going to take. Exactly. I'm not saying that they that you can. I'm saying they should be. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that that's what it would take because it, you know your offensive coordinator is just bad. He wasn't good the first time around. He was okay, I guess. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. He was surely wasn't good at Georgia. They were more than ready to get rid of him. And. You know, maybe that maybe that's why none of them would take the the pay cuts when they were requested the COVID related pay cuts that they were coming through there with because um they were afraid that they were gonna get fired and for good reason to yeah. to be afraid 
Plenty of reason to be afraid there. That's what's so, you know, upsetting to me as a Tennessee fan, quote unquote. It's, it, it, it seems like that everybody wants to, they, they want to, they, they don't mind taking the, the, the blame. Like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, it's on us. It's on our coaching staff. Jeremy Pruitt has no problem. The problem is that he's not doing anything to fix it. Like, it's like saying, I'm sorry. And then doing the, the same behavior over and over. You can't apologize and tell me you're sorry mm. if you're just going to keep doing what you said you were sorry for. You're not really sorry. <laughs> you think you know best, and you you have a front row seat every day in practice, but you also have a front row seat on Saturdays, and Jared Garantano is not getting it done. This offensive line, full of four and five stars, not getting it done. Where does the blame lie? And how can you? It's not on Jimmy Brumball, by the way. (laughs) And how can you not recognize that? That's the question: is how how can everyone else in the country look at your program and say, "Well, it's obvious what the problem is. They can't block and they can't pass. Run game's pretty good. Eric Gray, 194 yards last week. Run game's pretty good. Everybody else." pretty bad so fix it (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know i think uh philip from from wartburg is uh maybe a little bit too much you know obviously philip former wasn't preaching patience in 1992 uh, but uh that being said I guess he's older and wiser now <laughs> and he's not looking to take over. Um, it's an interesting situation all the way around. I mean, I, I like we said, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt gets fired. Me but I don't know what you do to reset this entire situation. Well, you find a new offensive coordinator. That's the first thing you do. Find a new offensive coordinator. I don't care who it is. Literally anyone. I mean, if it's worse, it's worse. But at least you did something. You tried. What's at least it, what's you tried. Insa- what, is, what is insanity? Continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different result? That is Einstein's definition. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But, so. yeah. If you want to get in on this... uh Vols, I guess, um, bash train. <laughs> you can do that. 931-381-1017. 931-381-1017. We will take calls if you would like on the other side of a break. By the way, you mentioned Vols bash train. Uh, uh, it has not gone lost that on this particular station is the home of the Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide, by the way. Just thought I'd point that That's out. That's true. Our sister station, 103.7, has the Vols. But uh, we'll, we'll take both. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 931-381-1017 if you want to get in uh, on the other side of the break. We will talk more college sports and whatever else we can come across. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. 
While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is 23 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on this Thursday morning as we get ready for Division II's Blue Cross Bowls. We get ready for SEC football and college football across the country. And on Thursday, December 3rd, with a game scheduled for Saturday, December 5th, hosting college game day is Coastal Carolina. They were set to host Liberty, 25th ranked Liberty. Top 25 matchup supposed to be for the. Uh, is Liberty still the Flames? They are the Flames. And the Chanticleers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that game's not going to happen. You were just telling me this, Mo. Yeah. Um, apparently, Liberty has some COVID issues. Um, the game has been canceled as a result of COVID 19 protocols and precautions within the Flames program. So. Coastal Carolina traded up. Um, instead of hosting number 25, Liberty, they will host number eight, Brigham Young University, BYU. And um, hmm. this is only the third time that you've had two undefeated teams meet this late in the season um, since 2000. Uh, in 2006, it was number one, Ohio State, and number two, Michigan. And 09, it was number one, Florida, and number two, Alabama. And now you've got number 13. I'm not sure whose ranking that is. BYU and number 18, Coastal Carolina. Um, Aren't most rankings going by the college football playoff? Well, I can't imagine uh, that Coastal is – 13th are they well and again i'm looking i'm looking at the coastal release that has coastal at 14 and byu at eight so now byu's 13th in the in the college football playoff coastal is 18th okay the, well that's what espn is going by i don't know so what let's coastal go 13, carolina 18. is going by yeah all right. Could be AP, so, could be coaches, who knows. Okay. You know, there's 37 polls out there. It could be the fan poll that right. Auburn won the national championship with in the 19 in 2004. <laughs> uh the game is scheduled for a 4:30 central time kickoff and will be shown on ESPNU. So, for those Vanderbilt fans that want to get a look at prospective Commodore coach Jamie Chadwell, there's your chance. First of all, I know it's Coastal Carolina. I know it's the Sun Belt. But how on earth is this game on ESPNU? 
because conference tie-ins, I know, but well, still, no, not just that. I mean, this is this is one of those feel-good stories. I mean, Coastal's nine and zero. I know. How is it only on you? Oh well, I mean, this ought to be a game that's okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, th- th- this is a this is a prime time type matchup. Which I mean, most people get ESPNU. Yeah, but well, man. I mean, it's it's prime time enough that College Game Day is going from there prior to you know they're doing their pregame from eight to eleven central on big ESPN. So, um, and and earlier in the week it was thrown out there that Dustin Johnson should be the guest picker. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't really know who else it would be, but um. That'll be that's always worth keeping an eye on. Who is I wonder who's on the call for that? I would be curious to to see who's on the call for for that that game. Is it um it's a one o'clock game, right? No, it's a four thirty game. Okay. Four thirty so central. Right. It was slated for one when it was Liberty. I guess hmm. that extra three and a half hours helps with uh the layover with the the jet lag coming from the mountain time zone? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe maybe BYU just wants to get in a quick trip over to the beach before the hey. game. You know, we were talking about Coastal's recruiting. Mm-hmm. Their Coastal Carolina's recruiting Twitter is at ball at the beach, which is exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to recruit to Coastal Carolina, the best way to do it is say, hey, look over there. Oh, go that way about – 15 minutes. It's a little bit farther than that. Yeah. But don't tell them that. <laughs> Must have been bad traffic. Typically is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is an exciting situation. I mean, it's nice to see somebody different. You know, on game day? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see somebody different jump up and make a run like this. I mean, be it an Arkansas state or because clearly it's not going to be a Middle Tennessee state. Um I've about given up on that. <laughs> but well, it was nice you know, when the, Memphis the bo- did it. It well, was it, nice when when you UCF know, the bo- did it. The Boise's, the Southern Misses, that kind of thing. I'm Any, here for it. Yeah, anytime it's somebody new, you know, demanding that you pay attention to them, you know, it, it's it's fun to see. And you know, Coastal Carolina won the College World Series a few years ago, and so you know, to see them having some success here as well. It's it's just fun to see. You you, it, you kind of get tired of the Power Five dominating things all the time. Mm-hmm. Chris, to your question about uh, the television schedule, uh, I was just looking to see it. It is the only game in that window, by the way. It's the only game in town. Now there there are games that will be second half, and there are games that will start during its second half. But there are a slot of games at three central. There's one at four thirty. And then the next game doesn't start till six, six and six thirty. So it is the only game good in that window um, in terms of uh, kicking off uh, at that time. And uh, ESPN has uh, on two a two thirty game. They have a, a two thirty on ABC. They have a two thirty on ESPN, and then they have a six o'clock on ESPN, a six thirty on ABC, and. Um, so, uh, so that's uh, that's where and and I don't. You Vandy, said this game Vandy, was moved. Georgia, Vandy Georgia kicks off at four. 
Three Central. Three Central, yes. On SEC Network. Gotcha. Yeah. So th- you said this game was moved? From 1 to 4.30. That 1 to 4.30. Um, it gives them... Um, and that 4.30 may be 3.30 Central. It is 4.30 Central. It's 4.30 Central? Yes, it's 4.30 okay. Central. It's 5.30 Eastern. Perfect. 4.30 Central. I, that's fantastic. That's great for them. That's what it should be. Give everybody time well, to wake up from their post. Yeah, and people around here, uh, the Florida-Tennessee game should be should over, be over by, by about 3 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. But you can still listen on uh, 103.7 WKRM, by the way. I am. Um, I think this will be a nice little lead into that Oakland Brentwood game on my TV thirty mm. at seven o'clock. There will be. The SEC schedule this week is interesting, as apparently Auburn no longer ranked. <laughs> um, I guess I don't know who the SEC uses for their rankings, but the SEC currently has four teams ranked in the top twenty-five, all four of which are in the top ten. <laughs> Top heavy? Much? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Number five, Texas A&M. Uh, they, they, they travel down to the Plains to take on Auburn on ESPN. That's an 11 o'clock kickoff in the JP game. Unranked Auburn. Unranked Auburn, apparently. Uh, also at 11, this is the real JP game. It's the SEC Network 11 o'clock kickoff, and it's Arkansas-Missouri. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, – that's the one that you would get to see if you were watching JP on uh, Saturday morning, yeah, no doubt. right after your, right after you watch uh, ABC's one Saturday morning, uh, <laughs> with some uh, hanging with Mister Cooper and all those wonderful shows, and then the uh, the NBA show inside the NBA with uh, with Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad Rashad, yeah, that was the last thing that came on that ABC uh, one Saturday morning, and then boom, football. All football all the time. Good times. <laughs> and at 2.30, of course, the Florida-Tennessee game can be seen on CBS or heard on WKRM. That one ought to be decided fairly quickly. Of course, Tennessee is 12-4-1 in December against Florida all time. So in the month of December, Tennessee has is 12-4 and I think 1 all time against Florida. There have been some memorable rescheduled Florida-Tennessee games. Uh, 2001. Yeah. Uh-huh. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was a great one. And then Tennessee promptly lost to Matt Malk in the SEC championship game a week later after Man. Rohan Davey went down. Man. I, I, Rohan Davey getting hurt might have been the worst thing to happen for you. Ever. <laughs> it cost him a trip to the national title. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> it's the karma orange. Or the orange karma. I remember after that Brutal. after that win over Florida, they had oranges, you know, because oh, yeah. they were gonna they felt well, all they had to do was win the SEC championship game. They were going to the national championship game at and the Orange Bowl. Ha- and would have mm-hmm. had <laughs> of course it wouldn't have mattered because Miami would have yeah. beat the brakes off of them. But <laughs> that doesn't matter. Still would have been there. Greatest college football team in all of all time, by the way. Was it that next year that Tennessee beat Miami in the regular season? I think it was. It was that Miami team, was it uh, not? No, it wasn't that Miami team because they didn't have. It was the it was the one with um um the tight end um 
the former San yeah, Diego yeah. Charger tight end junior, his Kel- son, Kellen Winslow. Winslow Jr. Yeah, yeah, but that, they didn't have they the didn't game. have Sean Taylor. Yeah. They didn't have uh, who was the linebacker that was so good. They didn't have Frank Gore. They didn't have uh, Clinton Portis. That my that 2001 Miami team is by far the greatest football team in the history of college football. Ever. Period. No question, <laughs> hands down, the greatest of all time. Of but all time? Of all time. And led by Ken Dorsey. Jesus. <laughs> right a, place, right time. What on earth? Yeah. Anyway, Florida, Tennessee. <laughs> I, I ain't mad at you, Ken Dorsey. I ain't mad at you. No. Hey. Dude was he was a great Does college somebody quarterback. Somebody had to start. Got the job done. Great college quarterback. You know? Hey, when you're throwing to Shockey, was Shockey not on that team? Jeremy Shockey and Kellen Winslow Jr. Sh- I'm not sure if they were both on that team. Not that team. Okay. Shockey came later. Winslow was on the team that Tennessee did beat in Miami. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um I don't, yeah. I don't Shockey remember was Shockey ahead was of Winslow. Be- yeah, I think so. I think Shockey was before. Yeah. Man. Still, though. I think Winslow followed him. That may have been what it was. When Shockey went to the draft. The, the Giants. The, the next year, you know, Winslow mm-hmm. was there. I mean, they just reloaded. and Crazy. Greatest football team of all time. College football, anyway. Back to the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vanderbilt and Georgia will kick off on the SEC network at... Three o'clock, and then it'll be the debut for interim coach Todd Fitch. It will be, in fact, <laughs> the debut. Will you be watching that one, JP? Saturday, uh, I will keep an eye to it um, for a quick minute. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Mona should be um, down uh, in the end zone, maybe in our little tent Saturday afternoon. At that point, right? Mm. Are we sticking around? Are we still Maybe. there? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. As of now. I'm prepared to stick around. All right, cool. They're yeah. prepared. Yeah. We are prepared. Um, the SEC Saturday night game with Tom Hart, Jordan Rogers, mm. and the the GOAT of all sideline reporters. John Davenport. No. Oh. Cole Kublik. Oh, sh- <laughs> Dude. If you've not seen Cole Kublik on the sideline, this guy, he don't care. He will he gets down on the ground. He's he's rolling around. Dude is nuts. He's he's kind of a college version of uh Tony Saragusa. You remember Saragusa? The goose. Yeah. yeah. When he was uh was a, he wasn't technically a sideline reporter. He was a third announcer that was on the sidelines. <laughs> okay. With Daryl Johnson. Yeah. Uh on Fox and uh it, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Cole does a great job. He does do a good job. I like that. That is South Carolina heading over to Kentucky. And in the CBS nightcap, as it's a doubleheader, oh. Alabama down at Death Valley at LSU. Oh. Which will be a, a, one team is going to die, but it ain't going to be the visiting ones. <laughs> what was it Saban said earlier this week? We don't have too many revenge games. Yeah, we don't have too many of those, but this one may be one. So that's that's salty for Saban. Oh no, I like a, it, but that's salty. I like it. He he has. I, I he think has it might have been fingers. in response to a question. Oh, I'm, I'm sure not it was. entirely sure, but still, it wasn't. It was in fact a response to a question, and uh, he said that, you know, I'm not trying to be cocky, but. We don't have too many of those around here. 
but I'm going to be cocky. So, uh, and he can be. Well, he's, sometimes he's it's just stating fact. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> he, he's he's earned that. I'm I'm interested to to see how how badly oh, Alabama beats oh, LSU. I don't even in know. Death Valley. Let, let you know there was a time where you know LSU. Alabama had like a what a forty something year win streak at LSU that was broken in like two thousand hmm. or something, and like they hadn't lost they they didn't lose to to LSU for a long time in Baton Rouge. I think what you may be looking for, I've got a line here. Yes, that's um, what I was looking for. Um, and I don't know who it's with, but it <laughs> Alabama at Death Valley. Uh, just take a gander, Mo. What do you what do you think the line is on this game? 22. I got 27 and a half. Have you looked? No. Okay. Uh, You're both too low. Wow. 29 and a half points. (laughs) Alabama on the road. (laughs) LSU is a 30-point dog at home. And and who's taking LSU? The reigning national champion, LSU (laughs) Tigers. I'm not taking LSU. No. I'd load up on Bama. That's insane. (laughs) Wow. It, Al, Alabama and LSU is not even on my board. So <laughs> that just tells you that 29 and a half. 29 and a half. Yes. Folks, that's in that that's a number that just ought not even be a that, that's it's incredible. That's the home dog to end all home dogs right there. Mhm. The over-under is at 67 and a half. I got 66 and a half, but okay, so, either way. So the line is 29 and a half, and the over-under is 67 and a half. The line's almost half of what the over-under, yeah. It's insane. If they had a running clock, this would be a boat race game. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, no question. <laughs> this is going to be a boat race, for sure. It'll be, it'll be 42 nothing at halftime. Now, after that, they may pull some punches but it'll be 42 nothing at halftime i can see that because i don't know that lsu scores i don't i i really don't know that they cross the 50 this may be 2011 all over again a motivated alabama and a bad lsu and an lsu team that just lost its best receiver who opted out for the year so who, who saw this coming yes <laughs> that's correct yeah who opted out of getting his tail whip? Makes that decision a little easier. Maybe pulled an Eric Cartman. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going home. <laughs> I mean, do you really want to try to go up against? You know, do you do you really want to be the the best receiver on your team and then probably get shut down by true freshman cornerback? Ooh. <laughs> or or get your head taken off by a safety with some bad intentions. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's your SEC football schedule. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about a a little event that's taking place tonight over at DB's Eats and Beats. Eats and Beats, and we'll be missing it. We will be missing it, unfortunately, but it's going to be a lot of fun. For those who can be there, you should be, because, well... It's the 10-year anniversary today. Today. Today is the 10-year anniversary of 
Columbia Central's last state championship. The 2010 team will be honored and reminiscing all night. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Trey D was something special, wasn't he, Mo? Oh, <laughs> say the least. Uh, I think he was the first kid to be named offensive and defensive MVP of the state championship game. He That ain't bad. No, that ain't bad. I'll tell you what, man. Um, he was like 5'10", 5'11". If he'd been 6'2", every school in the country would have been in here looking at him. That's how it goes sometimes, unfortunately. It is. But he had a nice little career up at Tennessee Tech. So, and that ain't bad. Yeah. That's it's as good as you could ask for. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad at all. But he was definitely the the heart and soul of that Columbia Central football team. The wild lion formation. <laughs> Direct snap to golf. And he's- yeah. I, you don't want to see that. Hendersonville didn't want to see that. Hendersonville, again, we've said this before, wrong place, wrong time for, for the commandos that day. It wouldn't have mattered. I think I think Columbia Central could have beaten either of those beach teams they lost to <laughs> on that day. Perhaps. Uh, man. But tonight the reminiscing will commence on the 10th anniversary of that state championship win – for the Columbia Central Lions as many of the participants and coaches will be on hand at DB's Beats and Eats tonight, including Clayton Harris and Coach James Dickinson. So really excited about about that. And if you are in town, you should – Head over there about 6 o'clock. Yeah, what, what is it? From 6 to 8, they're kind of doing a round table kind of? Yeah, 6 to 8 may start at 5. Clayton's on with us if you want to talk to oh, him about it. Clayton's on Sorry, with I, us. I didn't no, know if you I, picked I up. It. Okay, all right. Yeah. Clayton, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry. Go home, guys. Hey, Um. so take us through the evening then. 
Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, six to eight, we'll have, kind of have a roundtable deal and, and have interviews with uh, former coaches. Coach uh, Vance Ballou will be there along with the uh, coordinators uh, for, uh, and former line tech coach Howard Stone, uh, John Moore, uh, Wes Duncan, uh, Orlando Cox, and others uh, will, will be there along with uh, the guy you, you, you were mentioning as you came back in from the break, Various Golf, uh, Shaq Mason, will be joining us via Zoom. Uh, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, it, it, you know, it's uh, it's hard to believe that it's been ten years. But fo- following that event at eight o'clock tonight, you'll be able to listen to the rebroadcast of that state championship game. And uh, a lot of thanks to Dan Jaynes who was able to, to to get us that audio. And Dan will be joining us tonight remotely. And uh, just looking forward to seeing everybody this evening. That's a. That- that's really cool because I, you can watch the game on YouTube. It is available. Um, it is. But listening to the home team broadcast is something special. You know, I mean, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I, I, and I was talking to uh, Kevin Markham uh, yesterday, uh, Matthew Markham's father, who was the, the color analyst, uh, you know, with the radio crew back then. And I was telling him, you know, I, up until about a month ago, I had never heard the radio edition of that game, and he hadn't either. And so, uh, I think, uh, and I can, I could say that all the players have not heard the radio rebroadcast or, or from the game. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of folks, especially those that went to Google, that um, you know that was kind of a little bit before, which is hard to believe, a little bit before the time of uh, tuning in on your phone to listen to a game through an app or things of that nature. You could listen online, but doing it through a phone, I'm not sure if the technology was available to do that back then or not. But um, uh, So there probably wasn't a lot of people in Google listening to the radio broadcast, is my point. So I think it'll be an experience for a lot of people for the very first time to get to go back and listen to that rebroadcast. Should be a lot of fun, obviously. And um, and I guess it'll be playing there at DB's as well then? The ro- the uh, they close it out. Yeah, they they, they, oh. they 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 close a little early, but it will be on 101.7 and 103.7 this evening. Uh, I think the plan is there. We're actually going to have the game, uh, the DVD of the game from the television uh, edition uh, playing uh, throughout our two-hour uh, roundtable discussion this evening. That's so, solid. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that that'll be neat. And, that'll spark uh, some this, conversation, I'm sure. It will, and, and you know, and I've talked to several of the guys uh, over the past few days, and um, expecting. Uh, I'll put it to you this way: we're expecting a much better turnout than we saw back uh, in October uh, when they had the home co- they had to move homecoming the Thursday night against Stratford. Uh, we, we should see a, a bump in attendance, being that it's the actual ten year anniversary today, which is really. Hard to believe it's been ten years ago because uh, it was just such a uh, emotional day. You know, from from the time we woke up to the time we went to bed early the next morning. Um, you know, uh, T.J. Brown and Heather Rebuor will be joining us this evening as well. Uh, the parents of Dylan Rebuor. Um, that you know, again, the the whole story of of how all this happened is just uh, it's just unbelievable and. Um, it's something that I'm just very fortunate that I was able to, to, to be around and experience and um, something that all those guys and coaches and people uh, that were involved with the program will never, ever forget. 
some of the best uh, food in town for sure, but also, as Mo was mentioning off the air, the mixologist. Ah, the Miss, Miss Kim, the mixologist, will be on the pour this evening at DB's Eats and Beats. And you can get all kinds of good stuff then. I'm looking forward to that. I, I remember, Chris, you, you said something about some particular drink you had up there a week or two ago, I believe, or it's probably been a couple of weeks now. The, the, the apple, ap, no, he, yeah, the sangria, but the apple cider mimosa is, that, um, that was it. Yeah. Top notch. Both of them are delicious. And the, uh, there was a, a so you had some kind of orange something or other. Blood the, orange, the orange margarita. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Whatever Miss Kim puts in front of your or, face. Or whatever it. she gets a wild hair to devise. It's worth just, it. Just drink it. Put it. Yeah. <laughs> drink it. You'll enjoy it. Just drink it. A champion in well, her own right. No doubt. Yeah. That, that, that's right. And, you know, all these guys, uh, you know, it's hard to believe they're they're all you know, 25 to 28 years old now. And uh, a lot of them we haven't seen a whole lot since, uh, you know, a lot of them graduated. Obviously, you know, Shaq will be going to Los Angeles this weekend to take on, I think they take on the Chargers. Uh, but he, he, I talked to him yesterday. He's very excited about uh, being able to come on tonight. And, uh, well, that's the only team in Los Angeles. For, do I? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, just being able to see people virtually and, 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 and being able to make that happen uh, along with others that, that are going to be joining us virtually is going to be cool too. So, um, Man, you're old. About, I am old. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, all these kids are twenty five, twenty eight. Boy, that's, goodness gracious, man! I was there. I was their age uh, when when we won it. You know, the, the age they are now. So yeah, I mean, I they'll if they're like me at that age, they'll be trying that uh, apple cider uh, <laughs> uh, mimosa tonight. There you go. They can do that. Uh, that's man. right. It's gonna. <laughs> it's right. I always, you know. It, when you when you think about reminiscing on your high school days, everybody talks, but you know you, you definitely got to play glory days to start the show. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. And uh, but you know it's just it, it's always fun to think about those times, but it's a little bit different when you're talking about winning a state championship. Yeah, it, it, it is, and you know what I've always wished we could have seen was that 2010 team against the 2012 beach team. Hmm. You know, we, we, we obviously went back in 12 and, and, you know, got beat against a very good, you know, beach team with Jalen Hurd. But I would have loved to see the matchup between Jalen Hurd going against a defense that had Shaq Mason, Kenneth Hughes, Tredarius Golf, and others on, on the other side. I think that just would have been – that would have been a heck of a ball game. And what's funny about the uh, Hendersonville game, you know, they, they got one touchdown in the game, which if you ask Dan and, and the guys in the booth, and we have a, a copy of that call, uh, Joe Townsend stepped out of bounds about t- two or three times as he picked up what they called a lateral, which was actually a forward pass, uh, and got the only touchdown. My cousin ended up marrying Joe Townsend, so... Uh, we we kind of always joke that uh, when I see Joe that you know Joe we know you stepped out of bounds two or three times before you actually scored on that play. So <laughs> Joe Townsend, Joe who went, went on, on and played at Vanderbilt, that's right, was a starting center at Vanderbilt and uh, was a solid player for Vanderbilt yeah. for four years. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we're looking forward to uh, will to Joe, will Joe we'll, be there tonight? Clayton? No, Joe, Joe, Joe still lives in Hendersonville. Oh, okay. He actually does. He, he actually does the. Uh, he's the color analyst for really? the uh, Hendersonville station. He okay. Is. Cool. Uh, but but yeah, I have I have family up in Sumner <laughs> County, and he just happened to marry my cousin. So, oh, okay. Uh, Joe, Joe Joe's a good guy, and uh, but he you know he still remembers who won that game. <laughs> I bet. I bet you don't let him forget. No, 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 we don't. We don't. We'll be listening in on our because uh, uh, I mean, not like we got much else better to do. Um, we are going to be in Cookville. We're going to be in Cookville, but we'll be chilling out watching some high school football on the uh on whatever station is playing in cookville (laughs) i don't know what station it is but we'll be watching that but we may tune in and listen to you guys as well we're looking forward to it it's going to be a lot of fun three minutes to the top of the hour uh and we appreciate you clayton and uh everybody else who is going to be there tonight we and uh six again six to eight at db's eats and beats make sure to get out there and hang out with you guys thanks for coming on and telling us about it Hey, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I just want to tell you again, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, you guys are offering something that is desperately needed in our area. And I just can't tell you all the, you know, good vibes and, you know, people, the feedback from others around the community, how much they love the show. And, and I appreciate what you guys do. All right. There you have it. And it is, uh, again, we are up against the top of the hour and, of course, some political commentary coming your way after us. So sports will be heard again tonight at 6 o'clock. So if you're looking for high school sports, that's when you can hear it, right here on WKOM and WKRM. And, again, we appreciate you guys listening. Tomorrow we'll be live from the Blue Cross Bowl, Tucker Stadium in Cookville, Tennessee, as we prepare for the Summit Spartans, Oak Ridge Wildcats. That game can be heard here on WKOM as well. Mo, it's going to be a, good, a lot of fun. Road trip. Road trip. Um, rainy road trip. but It is what it is. We're, we're, we're going to persevere through it and um, hopefully bring some good stuff to the airwaves. That's right. All right. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia. Well, tonight I'm gonna drink till I.